Okay, people, what's going on? How are you? How you doing? This is episode 321 of Griff's Brain Dump. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? Are you well? I am recording this late again. Maybe I should just change the day I release the pod. Maybe that's what I should do. Clearly, these are the days I have more time. Monday night or Tuesday night uh, to record the pod. I did record this, I think, Sunday? I think, uh, no, Saturday. Saturday or Sunday. One of the two. Uh, but I was absolutely knackered and I, I recorded it and then I listened back to it. And I was like, that is shit. You can't release that as a pod. Um, you know, this is how you get shortlisted because I was shortlisted, people. Yes, the pod's been shortlisted. I shouldn't actually big it up. I haven't bigged it up at all. Uh, I got a message in my inbox and I was like, this is just bollocks. This is just some scam shit. And then I Googled the address and I'm like, oh, actually, you I mean Google the. The, e- the person who's emailed me, I'm like, oh, this may be legit. This may actually be legit. What is this? What is this? Um, yeah. And, wait, why is it telling me to set up? The, why, is, why is it always something different? There you go. Yeah. Then, um, you know, I got told, uh, where is it? It's feed, feed spot top 20 brain dump podcasts. So it's a blog feed spot the number four the number four um as as a podcast which is great hey eh? um, and apparently the podcast is also ranking very well in in uh in algeria 64th most listened to podcast in algeria according to uh pod status as well which is pretty cool um what else what other <laughs> list as the pod of here done. Um, was it top twenty brain dump ones? There's another one that um, that the podcast appeared on. I can he find it? But yeah, so the the pod's doing well in Algeria. So all of you guys listening in Algiers and other places in Algeria, I don't know. Um, shout out to you. Um. I don't know anything else about Algeria. Zidane? Zidane's Algerian, isn't he? I think so. Yeah, shout out to my Berbers. Shout out to you guys. Um, Yeah, that's it. That's all I've got for you. <laughs> that's all I've got for you. But yeah, um, yeah. what's going on? What's been going on in the world? Um, what happened Tuesday? Did I talk about the showcase? The showcase? The PBJ showcase where they showcase all their new talent. And I'm one of the new talents uh, in front of all industry people. So we did that on Tuesday. Um, I'm not sure if I spoke about it in the last pod. See, this is the thing. If I don't record on a consistent day, then I don't know what I've spoken about on previous episodes. So I don't know if I'm repeating myself. I have no idea. But um, that's what I did Tuesday. Um, and then this week, what I do? Oh, I had my first full weekend at the Comedy Store, the world's famous Comedy Store, London's Comedy Store, that's right, I was there Thursday, bosh, Friday, bosh, Saturday early show, bosh, Saturday late show, bosh, I was there for four shows this weekend, yes, four shows, like a fucking plural, that's what I was there doing, yeah, you gotta understand, that's 2017, 
That's six years in the fucking making that. 2017, I won King Gong, which is the lion's den of comedies, where you're chucked in front of a baying crowd on the last Monday of the month, and they are geared up, revved up, charged up to be as horrible and ferocious as possible as a the crowd. They're there not to laugh, they're there to humiliate you and make you feel shit, and they want to flash free red cards so you go off. Right, and it starts, and they go, okay, welcome to the stage. This is how it would go. Let's say if it was me and I was going to get booted off, right? This is how it would go. Welcome to the stage, Darren Griffiths. And then I run up to the microphone, and I start telling my jokes. And then someone might not like my first joke, who has one of the cards in their hand. Yeah, because there's a room full of 400 people, but three have a card. And one person put their card up. I do my opening joke. They don't like it. One card. That's literally said across the God mic so everyone can hear it. And everyone's like, And that creates a Wee! And they put the comedian on the stage, they start shitting themselves. You see the beads of sweat running down their head. And then they tell another joke. And that doesn't work. So two cards. And then it's like, oh, and everyone's waiting for the third person. Now, the third person, they're either someone itching to flash their card. They might be fair and i'm like listen it's only two jokes i actually liked them oh and here's some more or they might be a sadistic bastard who's going to keep you on that stage to four minutes 30 dying on your ass and then they're going to put their card up to make sure you don't go through three cards and then dum, dum, dum. another one bites the dust plays over the, t- the, o- the overhead music, that plays, and you have to walk off the stage. And they go, that was Darren Griffiths lasting four minutes and 30 seconds. So close, but yet so far. And it would just be things like that being said on the mic. And there's about 30 to 40 acts in one night. And whoever survives the five minutes goes to a joke off at the end where they get one minute uninterrupted, no pressure, just to perform stand-up for one minute. Whoever gets the biggest round of applause wins the King Gong. If that's if there's more than one person surviving it. And I remember I did in 2017 strategically, I just said I'm just gonna tell jokes. Tell jokes, forget about trying to do a five-minute set. No, I'm just gonna just tell jokes, 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 and hopefully I'll get through the five minutes. I thought, if not I get through the five minutes, I'll win the joke off at the end. Because I've got a minute joke. A perfectly formed one minute joke. And that's what I did. And that was back in July 2017. And then what you do, you come back for your open spot. It's a five minute open spot. Now, five minute open spot, you usually wait six months. I got it in the same week, just out of an admin fluke. Someone dropped out. They said, do you want to come do your five minute open spot the same week? I was like, yeah, go on then. In my head, it's like, I'll do five minutes that week and I'll do 10 minutes in the next week, the 20 minutes after that and I'll be uh, the, the whole weekend by the end of the year. So I did the five minute spot way too soon because we understand is the weekend now, you, it's not that bay, that crowd baying for blood. No, it's paying punters who just want to hear some good old jokes. Good old comedy. But I was still in fight mode. You see, I was like a rescue dog. A rescue dog that's been let out. Yeah, he's going to be left outside in the rain, poked with sticks. And now you've brought me into the house to be like, hey, shall we pet him? He's just being friendly. And I'm just there, just growling. And I've just, I've, I've bitten a child. And everyone's just like, oh no, what's happened here? I thought it was the open spot. I thought it was going to be nice. And I've come on stage on fucking smoke. Right? Not in the good level of smoke. Terrible smoke. Suicide bomber smoke. Let off the vest. Bow! 
And everyone's like, oh, he, 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 he's a lot of energy. A bit aggressive on stage. <laughs> right? And then you do another five minutes and another five minutes and another five minutes. And then they go, hey, that five minutes was pretty good. Come back for ten minutes. And then you do another ten minutes and another ten minutes. And then a pandemic happens. And you do another ten minutes. And guess what? You come back for twenty. And then you do one twenty minutes, do another twenty minutes, do another twenty minutes, and they go, Hey, do you know what? You can come back for a weekend. And you're like, Oi oi A weekend Like a proper professional And there I was for the weekend, first weekend. It was great. It was great. I did a joke about I've got a rugby joke in my usual set. I need to find out the buddy Northampton Saints are in the room. Apparently they fucking loved it. They fucking loved it. That's what I was told. None of them followed me after. Hey! Hey you rugby cuts! <laughs> hey man, you rugby bastards! Um that's because I didn't mingle at the end. I, I'm terrible at that. I'm terrible at just hanging out. I'm terrible at self-promotion. That's what I'm terrible at doing. I've got a bloody work in progress show. This Sunday. I performed in front of 400 people. Four times. That's 1,600 people. And I didn't tell any of them about my show next week. <laughs> I didn't say my social media handles. No. I need to hang out and hand out my cards that have got QR codes on where people could just scan that and find out all my next dates. I didn't do any of that. No, what I did, I sat in the back room and I drank a non-alcoholic beer and I spoke about nothing. Because that's the kind of prick I am. So, yeah, I've got my work in progress show on Sunday. <laughs> I haven't even checked with my agent how many tickets I've sold. I'm thinking I'm on about six tickets i don't know who even knows this show's on um i'm not gonna pull it though i just hope the six people aren't people i know because that's when they get mildly random and mildly strange it's gonna be intense for you especially because i i bought my mate darren i bought i'm bringing a mate along to your show on sunday hope it's good and i'm like yeah it's just gonna be you and your mate if it ain't good, oh man. Because if I'm performing to two people, it should be more of a conversation. Not just me shouting at them for an hour. That's crazy shit. But guess what? That's what it might have to be. I do need to check. I do need to check and then pull my finger out and try to promote it. And at least get 20 people in this bastard room. Uh, but we'll see how it goes. But other than that... What has gone on uh, this week? I don't know if this is... Um... Oh. oh, Diane Abbott. That's what's happened. Auntie Diane. Hey, Auntie Diane. For the anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitisms. From the Labour Party. Anti-Semitisms. Listen, I'm talking about it. Here it goes, because what happens here, right? What happens here is anti-Semitism comes from the anti-Semitism. It's, it's crazy. Like, it begats more anti-Semitism. Like, the, the allegation of anti-Semitism breeds anti-Semitism. You see what I mean? Because 
the nature of racism, and I'm talking about the real one, the anti-black racism, yeah, is through social constructs, things like employment, education, healthcare, maternal deaths. Uh, boy, just they say crime, they say like policing, yeah. Legislation comes through that, right? And anti-Semitism comes through um, attacks at places of worship, um, conspiratorial um, writing, um, you know, physical attacks and stuff. But you know, it, it tends to be the shootings of synagogues, like the synagogue gets shot up, things like that. that that's anti-Semitism that happens. But the conspiracy one's the big one. And you see, when you're black and you raise racism and people are like, mm, don't really think that's racist. You feel gaslit and that, but it doesn't really generate more racism. Except for the kind of lie of, oh, there it is, look, they're bagging all about race, you're playing the race court. Um... And then usually when someone tries to explain away the race card, they tend to say something racist. Then with the anti-Semitism, it's what happens is someone says something about Jewish people, anti-Semitic or not, then someone usually not Jewish goes too hard uh, slamming it down, going, we don't accept anti-Semitism. It's just, I'm just saying that Israel can be a bit too hot sometimes. I mean, you just say something about Israel. It's like anti-Semitism. They go so hard that way that then the people who are slightly anti-Semitic go, you see what happens there? Do you know why that's happened? Because they control the world. That's why there's a big punishment. Because they control the world. That's why there's such a big punishment there. Funny, funny how nothing happens when there's another group. Hmm? Now with this Diane Abbott thing, right? Well, she's basically said... Jews, Irish, travellers, uh, both Romney and and, uh, and Irish travellers, do not face daily, or is that racism all the time, or everyday racism? Um, and they don't. <laughs> they don't. And here's the, I think here's the point where people get got upset. It's because... I think a lot of people say anti-Semitism is a form of racism. And this is where it starts getting a bit complicated, right? Because in the same breath, you could also argue that Islamophobia is a form of racism. Now, by definition, no, it's not. Because it's discrimination against religion. But let's face it. Many victims of Islamophobia may not even be Muslim. Because if it was simply a religious thing, then what should happen is, is when someone brown uh, is walking through an airport, if it really is Islamophobia, then if they're not Muslim, they shouldn't be stopped in an airport. They shouldn't be seen as a suspect of terror uh, if they're brown. Or what if they are... What if they're from a Muslim country? Go, oh, I don't actually practice any of that. I'm literally swigging a beer. It's not going to stop the Islamophobia. And the same with, uh, with anti-Semitism. You don't have to be a Hasidic Jew 
or an Orthodox Jew with your kippah on. No, it doesn't have to be that. You can literally be a non practicing Jew and people will be like look at you with your big Jew nose and blah 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 and you know I me mean? you're tight because you know your people North London all these kind of words around it yeah you have no real issue with any other countries policies and government but then they really have an issue about Israel <laughs> you know what I mean it's it's that and it's a thing of, well, the person's not even a practicing Jew. But it's like, yeah, but, you know. So I get the argument that that might be actually something more than just a religion thing. Now, it's about how you define the Jewish people. Are they a religious? It's a religious ethno group. It's an ethnicity. And then this way, it's like, you know, weird, because what is race? Is race just about ethnicity? If I was to call someone a Nigerian this, that. If a white person is to call a black person a Nigerian, blah, 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 I'm pretty sure everyone will go, hands down, that's racist. And if someone's going, well, technically it's xenophobia because you didn't mention that they're black. And then people are like, yeah, but what do people from Nigeria look like? Yeah? We'll go, it's racist. So we're going to accept that Jews are... Uh, ethno-religious group and we've already agreed from my sound logic that you don't actually have to be a practicing Jew to suffer anti-semitism then if you're an ethnic group and if someone was to chastise or lambast Jews simply for being Jewish or affiliated to Jews then I guess it is a form of racism it is but the point that Diane Abbey, I think, was making, and it's this thing of what a lot of people tend to um, tend to be disingenuous with and tend to pick and choose. It's kind of like the mixed race debate of pick and choosing when mixed race people are black or not. It's pick and choosing when Jews are white and when they're not. And I'm not talking about Jews doing this. I'm talking about the fact that like Jews are a transracial group as well like latinos you can be a black latino white latino arab black arab white arab same with jews they're black jews white jews sandy colored jews as well and what happens is sometimes we talk about jews as a white group and what tends to happen with especially black people is that uh our issue of white people means it's, uh, it's, it's issue with all types of white people and Jews fall into that group of white people so what we tend to see what we tend to feel is when Jews go well now actually you're being anti-semitic it's like don't try to carve yourself out of the other white people you're white <laughs> that's, that's, that's a lot of black people feel about it but then if you used to say Jews are white in another context, you'd get another black person go, what about Ethiopians? And then he's like, okay, so that you're acknowledging that there are different types of Jews. And then it's this whole thing of, no, but they're not the real Jews. And then it gets a bit all conspiratorial and weird again. It's like, how am I anti-Semitic? <laughs> Semite doesn't even mean Jewish. Semitic is, means people from, you know what I mean? It's like people, Arab and 
uh, Hebrew and it's, it's a language, it's a linguistic group. And I'm not actually anti-Semitic. When we know the fact that Semitic means that and the word anti-Semitic never even existed until it was actually used to describe anti-Jewish behaviour. If you really want to do a little etymology thing, then Semitic exists to describe, yes, um, languages like uh, Somali, um, I can't remember the Ethiopian uh, language, I think it begins with T, can't feel what it is. Yeah? Those Asiatic, Afro-Asiatic languages, Hebrew, Arab, Aramaic uh, Kurdish thing. They're all Semitic languages. They're Semitic people. But the term anti-Semitism, although yeah, you're using Semit, anti the term anti-Semitism was literally created to describe anti-Jewish behaviour by a Jewish philosopher. Fine, whatever. And you could argue that you disagree with the definition of of uh, dis- disagree with the how the word's used or if that's the right word for it but it's what we're talking about is anti-jewish behavior and it's in you're you're doing like a, a straw man a red herring thing you start to start trying to go right that's not actually anti-semitism because semitic means that it's like the homophobia thing i'm not scared of geezer <laughs> it's just like all right mate islamophobia i'm not scared of muslims it's like shut up all the whole racism thing was like, oh, actually, black people can't be racist because racism is, is actually discrimination. Plus prejudice, plus power. And he's like, is it? Is that what racism means? Not to everyone. But at the end of the day, we know what we're talking about. The, the metaphor I've always used is this. There's three words for that big comfy chair in your living room that people in the UK all use. Sofa couch settee all three are the same thing sofa couch settee and the story i give you is this the metaphor i give you and it's what i feel like when i see these conversations on the internet descended to this you're fucking tired yeah you haven't slept in four days and you've been walking and you walk into a room and someone goes you look really tired. And so I am really tired. And you both agree that you're flipping tired. And they go, you should sit down. And you think, I do need to sit down. And you both agree you should sit down. And they say, hey, I'll provide you a seat. And you say, yeah, I would like a seat. And you agree that they're going to provide you a seat. And they say, yeah, take a seat on the sofa. And you're like, don't you mean couch? And he's like, no, I mean sofa don't you mean couch and he's like no sofa he's like it's a fucking couch he's like no it's a fucking sofa and then you're beefing and you're not sitting down and you're now arguing (laughs) and it's that it's like just you argue about these words but the, the essence of what you're talking about you know what you're talking about and going back to the circuit back to the point of the anti-semitism is it racism is it not is it racist not end of the day i think the point that diane was making also about uh yeah see i was talking about she i would say this is where she failed in the sense of talking about the Jew, jewish people if she described if she's talking about white 
Jewish people. But in the day, the point she's making is you're not facing racism because you're Jewish, is what she's trying to say every day. And I personally don't think that's true if you are actually outwardly Jewish in the sense of Hasidic uh, Orthodox Jew. If you are just Jewish, like I said, as the ethnic thing, like I say, David Badil, and I'm not, uh, you know, he's, he's Jewish but ethnically, then depending on certain rooms, people might go, he's just a tanned guy. He's not facing racism because he's Jewish. And that's the point she's making there. Now, the funny thing is, the uproar from the Labour Party is purely political posturing and it's bollocks. They don't give a fuck about Jewish people. They just give a fuck about anti-Semitism as it's bad for their brand because it's the Corbyn thing, right? And she's one of Corbyn's closest allies. I mean, real close. Yeah, and they're trying to get rid of all of his allies. And and to show you it's disingenuous, is they've gone, this is anti-Semitism, and completely ignored the fact that she mentioned that Irish gypsies, travellers, yeah, why, why aren't they going, well, they, they face racism as well. It's because they don't give a fuck. They don't care. And those people don't. She's saying white people have points of difference face prejudice, but they don't face that systemic racism that black people face. It's just that simple. Like, why aren't black people allowed to have a thing? <laughs> We're never, never allowed to have a thing. Whenever we have a thing, Black History Month, it's like, can't we chuck in Asians as well? Is that what? No. You know what I mean, anyway, diversity. We need more black people here, okay? Hey, hey, um, hi, we're the gays. We would like to be involved too, please. It's just like, no, this is this is a, this is a black thing. <laughs> that means just never black people just never allowed a thing of their own. We're not even allowed racism. But I think what it is is we need a new word. Just need a new word. We need a new word. Just just anti-blackism. Yeah, that's it. We just need anti-blackism. That's what we've got to do, people. Just start using different words. And now I'm going to stop saying anti-Semitism. I'm going to just say anti-Jew. They're anti-Jew. And he said, do you mean anti-Semitism? No, because people start dancing around the word. I'm talking about anti-Jew behaviour. And when you talk about racism, no, I'm talking about anti-black behaviour. Yeah. And then when people tend to dance around like homophobic, I'm talking about anti-gay behaviour. And then the person has to sit in that and try to do the fucking linguistic gymnastics to make out, oh, I'm not anti-gay. They have to go, no, I am anti-gay. And they'll know they won't want to say it out loud. They'll just give the whole, oh, I can't say anything now. You know what I mean? Maybe you notice that. Like I'm saying, well, I'm not anti-Semitic. Why? Because Semitic means this, this, this. Not, oh, no, I, I don't hate Jews. They, they never say that as an answer. Oh, no, I, I, don't, I don't hate Jews. I'm not anti-Semitic because I don't hate Jews. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not anti-Semitic. Why? Because Semitic means like Arab, Jews, this. It's like, okay. You know what I mean? But, like I said, Diane is a crazy thing to write anyway. Uh, I'm not sure what she was writing, why she was writing it. She put a target on her own back. Um, but yeah, 
Like I said, though, it's disingenuous. Very disingenuous from the Labour Party there. Very, very, very disingenuous. Um, like I said, in essence, she didn't say anything wrong, but she may have just worded it a bit clumsily, that's all. A bit clumsily, but it, it's uh, it's an apology and... It's an apology in the edit, right? Now, honestly, I'll, I'll give that grace to anyone. If someone said something that was a bit off-key about black people when they came out straight away after and go, I'll do what, I've, I've worded that badly. You know what I mean? If they said, oh, black children in London are stabbing each other, and then we go, oh, we're not all black children stabbing each other, that's out of order, that's racist. And they went, sorry, if you read the whole thing I wrote, I meant it, you know, that it's something I don't want to happen. And blah, 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 and then, but I'm sorry, I've worded it wrong. You just have to let it go. But, um, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. Uh, what else happens to me? Boxing, Javonta Davis and Ryan Garcia. If, if you watch, go, just watch the highlights of this, man. Um, you'll never, you won't see a more devastating body punch, body shot than what Davis gives to Garcia. And it's out of nowhere. I had to watch the replay about four or five times to see this punch. You'll watch the highlights and it won't make any sense. He's like, why has he stopped fighting? Why has this guy just stopped fighting? What's he doing? I didn't even see him get hit. He wants another replay. He's like, I still can't see him get hit. And then you see another angle and you're like, oh my God. Ribs turned to jelly. Horrible scenes. A lovely bit of boxing. Um, Right. Let's... Um, well, actually, where are you before I say let's... Um, Let's have a quick check. How long have I been rabbited on for? How long? Okay, 30 minutes. What's this shipment thing? What's this email? Backpack callers. This is definitely spam shit, isn't it? Yeah, you've been chosen. Shut up. Um, right. Um, what else has been going on in my life? Oh, people, help us out. So we're getting um, quotes for a bathroom. We've already got one quote from someone. Very cheap price. Like, undercut everyone, in the sense of... They didn't know everyone else's quotes, but they've come in way cheaper than everyone else for their... For, for their labour. We've got to get the materials for the bathrooms. Reasonable. We've got another quote from someone else. Flipping double for services. Literally double. Over double for the services. So, like, Jesus. Which number's the right number? It's because you, like... You should just go for the cheapest one. What if the cheapest one completely misquoted? It's got it all wrong. And when it comes to the day, they're going to be like, oh, actually, I didn't know this was going to be this. It's going to cost this much. <laughs> I don't want this guy. He's sort of the dumbest part of both of them. Um, oh, sorry, it's going to cost this much. <laughs> but yeah, that's going to happen. So then we thought, but we went for the cheaper guy. Asked to get any discounts anywhere. He says, yeah, Wix and B&Q. I was like, all right. Here's an idea. Let's go have a look at Wix. See how much they cost to install their own stuff. And their stuff's coming in the same price as the top guy, 15. So now we're like, oh, that's two people quoted. Three people quoted. Two up that end. One's right at the bottom. What is happening? Why is he so low? And then me and I, we stupid. Oh, we've got to go for Wix. <laughs> Why? Oh, it's a real company. 
And we're just like, yeah, we'll go for them because obviously that's the right price. And he's like, no, what if the other guy is just not a crook? He's just like, no, it's just, it doesn't cost me that much to do it. I find bathrooms very easy to fit. Like, wh- why have we immediately told ourselves it's too good to be true? No. You know what I mean? We just got no. Too good to be true. No. 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 I mean, it doesn't actually make sense. But we just got no, 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 no. Too good to be true. So now we're in this little conundrum of do we, we need to do some more research to understand why it's so cheap. Naomi says we should talk to him again. Just to understand to make sure he's got everything written down. Because this guy's professional. He hasn't done anything to make me think he's dodgy. Not a thing at all. Not not like nothing about him that made me feel, oh, I feel a bit uneasy around you. Like everyone else I've been stitched up by, yeah? It's felt a bit dodgy. It's felt a bit sketchy and I've gone, I'm going for it. I'm going for it. Except for the movers, those fucking pricks. Um, they actually felt legit. Fucking pricks. I didn't even tell you about the movers, yeah? They damaged the uh, wardrobe. Their website's flipping gone now. Yeah? Absolute fuckers. Let me have a look if their, uh, if their website's back up. Fucking cunts. <laughs> yeah, I don't, think that, yeah, I don't think their website's there anymore. They're just as closed. Wonderful. Yeah, it's just, just gone. Let's see their reviews. No, you can even look at the reviews. Reviews aren't verified by Google. Google checks and removes fake content. Yeah, all right. Oh, but I want to see their reviews. So let me, let me at them. Let me at them. Let me see the these fucking bastards. Sort by most relevant. No, sort by newest. Four months ago, four months ago, yeah. Wish I could slap a review on there. Um Yeah, they've they've gone. They've disappeared. The fucking bastards. They've actually gone. Like they just don't exist anymore. Um They're no longer a part of like a partner of this of uh, some comparison website anymore. Uh, yeah, they're just absolute crooks. And listen, I'm not a vengeful person. Lies, I am. Listen, you who owns the fucking company, you little pussy clot. I hope you fucking choke on a whole fish bone. Hope you rip out your trachea. Choking on a fish boat, you prick. I swear to God, now I hope you pull that fish bone out of your throat and cut up your throat. And I hope you crash your car and you fucking chew your steering wheel. You fucking cock. And I hope someone drives into your fucking face. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm, 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 seriously, I I hate them 
so fucking much. There's no one. Everyone else, I'm like, I'll just let it go. Naomi just let Naomi usually has the most fear. So let's let it go. This guy lives in my head rent free. Rent free. The thing is though, yeah. I know I know stuff about him. I know let me let me not talk. Let me talk. Let me not talk on the pod in case something happens to him and then I end up being a suspect. No, fuck it, because I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to do anything. I have an alibi. No, shut up, Darren. No, listen, you're hearing the man having a fucking schizophrenic episode. <laughs> oh, dear. No. It, oh, this guy. This guy is this company. Fucking bastard I said I hope his company's down because someone has punched his fucking teeth off seriously oh I just I die I know man uh, did I tell you how I got the back my mut yeah, are so minor so minor so petty I didn't even, I didn't even see the, the rewards my stupid deed. Because uh, the crates, I returned their crates, isn't it? But I filled them with water. <laughs> I filled them with water. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's what I should have done. I should. I still stacked them. I stacked it really high and filled the top of it with water. So they would have to pull it down and they would have got water on them. They would have got what they 100%. They would have tipped and they got water on them and they didn't say anything. They just took them and just left. But what I should have done is just left them not stacked. Just one by one. All over the driveway. You know, that's what I should have done. Oh, I forgot about that. Anyway, I've missed my chance there. But I'm telling you. I always win. I always win. Yeah. And I will get them back. Him. I'll get him back. Him. <sighs> Jeez. I'm in a dark place now. Anyway. <laughs> Oh dear, in a dark place, but I would like have said, I'll get him back, I always win, <laughs> right, let's get us a dear Deirdre, dear Deirdre, I don't know what I was going to say about the bathroom stuff, um, Right, let's go, 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 let's go. My girlfriend arranges sex sessions with her best friend to ensure I'm satisfied. There's got to be a girl, right? Dear Deirdre, my girlfriend has arranged romps for me and her best friend because she's worried I'm sexually unsatisfied in our relationship. I'm 37, she's 34. We've been together for five years. That's too early to be doing this madness. When I was single, I had a great sex life. Ah, oh, that's what it is. You've told her about your crazy sex life. And she's like, oh no, I'm too vanilla for all of the sex he likes. And you're just like, hey, I like vanilla though. And she's like, no, 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 look, 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 look at me. I've tied myself up. 
I've whipped myself. I've I've electrocuted my labia. I put six dildos in my bum. Because this is what you need, isn't it? Hey, Michael, this is what you need. Michael's like, no. No, I've, I mean, I've done that. I've got that out of my system. I'm, I'm good. I'm just looking for a nice girl to settle down with now. It's like, like I'm done. I'm done. Those are just experiences. I mean, they're fun, but I don't need to do it again. No, no, Michael, don't lie to me. <laughs> anyway, so when I was single, I had a great sex life and played the field. Then I met her at work and knew my days of chasing women were over. You see that? He was just like, I'm done. He put a big old long message on Instagram saying, thanks for the thanks for the support over the last 10 seasons, fans, but I've retired. I'm hanging up my boots and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not in the game anymore. But you're trying to force him back on the pitch. Anyway, so Jason Wynn were over. As the chemistry between us was incredible. I fell in love with her and she felt the same. Our sex life has been electric from the start. But the attraction is almost too strong. Jesus. The attraction. Have I ever had that? The attraction's too strong? I've only had that with women I haven't had sex with. But if there's any women I've had sex with, the attraction's too strong. <laughs> She sets her body into overdrive. And I rarely last more than a few seconds once we have intercourse. Jesus Christ. What's happening here? It's so embarrassing. I hope I uh, and I hoped I would gain more control in time, but there is something about her. I love her so much, although I can't help missing the great sex I used to enjoy. What is this? Bruv, just knock one out and then do the sex. We all know that one. Last time we spoke about it, she surprised me by saying she felt she was doing something wrong. She went on to suggest I might last longer and get more satisfaction with someone else. She reassured me that it would be fine and even arranged for me to sleep with her best friend who's 33. I think my girlfriend felt it would be safer for her, safer with her than anyone else. It worked to a point. I lasted longer but feel sure that's because this was just sex. I don't love her friend. Now my girlfriend thinks I should do it with her mate regularly so I'm not missing out. What is happening? I think she feels like a failure. I can't convince her the problem lies with me. This is mad. I don't know how you got into smashing her friend. Surely before you smashed her friend, you should be like, I don't want to smash your friend. I mean, that, that would have solved that. Just go, I, I don't want to smash your friend. Um, No, she's fit, but I don't want to smash her. Uh, so let's not. About don't smash her. And then you could be like, right, here's the thing that's happening. Um, you know, is that's happening here is um, you, you make my boner too strong. I don't know how to cope, but my boner's too strong. Um. So yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Anyway, let's uh, let's kill another one because I all I can say is just um, I said just knock one out, have a wank, have a wank, have a wank and a drink, mate, and then have sex with your girl. Um, 
Right. Frustrating father. I want a boyfriend, but my dad dictates my love life. You've got to be Asian. Um, I want to be able to choose the man who I'll spend my life with, but my father's trying to marry me off. Uh, I'm 34. My dad's Indian. There it is. Indian. Um, and I have an English mother. Who's a bloody bastard bitch. Yeah, East is East. What a classic film. Who the fuck off? Get off me, mum. Um, anyway, when I was 18, I had my first boyfriend and my dad stopped talking to me because of it. He told me not to look at him if I saw him in the street. After that, I always felt scared to get a boyfriend. Even now, years later, I'm single. I know it is my fault for allowing my dad to dictate to me if anyone asks him whether i have a boyfriend my father my father will say no and she's not allowed one he says it in a jokey way but it's not very funny i went to india with my dad recently and it was clear i was there to meet men it was so embarrassing there was one man much younger than me he was lovely but the age gap worried me when I returned to the UK, I knew I couldn't marry him and I've hardly spoken to my dad since. I know I need to live my life. I want a boyfriend and to not worry about my dad not talking to me. I'm finding it so hard. Listen, here's what you do. You find a good Indian man that's your age, yeah? Good hair, thick beard, clear skin and a lovely penis. Good job. Good prospects, ambitious homeowner and a lovely penis good father potential good husband potential business owner professional man well traveled and a lovely penis and you, you just you get on with him and then you introduce him to your dad and you'd be like this is him this is my boyfriend and we're getting married and he's over like no no and you're like but why he's actually like a top guy you fucking idiot <laughs> and then you'll be mad for a bit and your mom will be like you know what your dad's like oh, don't, don't don't worry don't worry Nita because you have a name like that it'll, it'll be like a name that can be both Asian and English don't worry Nita you know you know what your dad's like you know he could be a bit over, overbearing, but he loves you, and you love him. And then your dad's out from the other room, don't talk to her! And then, look, listen. And if you're the only daughter he has, or if he has no sons, then make sure that you have a kid that's a boy. They'll fucking love it. He'd be like, oh, is that my grandson? I'm involved. You forgive him. Trust me. Just find the guy that meets the criteria of guys that he wants you to get with. But that one that you like. That's all. So don't bring home a fucking white guy or a black guy. That don't do anything mad like that. Yeah, you're Asian. You're Indian. Yeah, don't bring home some Pakistani Muslim. Either. Just, no, 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 no. None of that shit. Right? Just bring home a British Indian guy. Yeah, that's what it is. Do what it is. He he's got the mixed race fear. He's got interracial fear. You're right here. It is. You know those guys who marry interracially, right? 
But they only think about themselves. They're like, I'm black, she's white, kids are black. Mixed race people are black to me, I don't care. Aussie swap black for whatever ethnic group that is a white. You're, you're, you're the one adding the spice to it. Um, oh fuck it, actually white people have the same trepidation as well. Like, anyway, like, kids of me. But then, your mixed race kids will get with someone else. Now, if you're black, you have mixed race kids, and then your mixed race kids get to a white person. You've now got some white ass looking grandkiddies. White ass looking grandbabies. And for some black people, they haven't thought that far ahead. And they're like, oh, didn't expect this. I never aspired this. And now they want to be like, no, 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 you got married a black person. And their wife is looking at them or their partner or their husband, whoever is not black, looking at them like, what the fuck are you saying? It's like, what, you, you like black people? <laughs> he's like, no, you love who you love. That's how I married you. And he's like, oh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, no, yeah, you love who you love, man, but get a black guy. Trust me, it's silly, stupid. If you're marrying interracially yourself, then you shouldn't give a fuck who your kids get with. You can't be trying to dictate it to them. You need to go with a black person. Shut up. You know what I mean? But um, I think that's what's happened there. Is your dad's gone shit. I've got a mixed race daughter. If she marries a white guy, I've got white kids. White grandkids. So he's desperately to get with an Indian guy. But my thing too is get with an Indian or get with uh, someone who's part Indian of some sort. Yeah, and then... The kids will be majority injured and your dad will be totally fine with that. Yeah? That's that's all you gotta do. That's all you gotta do. Um I think that's it. Um yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. Um I think that's in the pod. Uh, I think I've done enough there. This is a bit look, energy fifty minutes. Sat in my own sweat, getting rashes all in my butt crack, ball sack for you guys. Appreciate it, yeah? Appreciate it. I'm going indoors now to have a shower and then do some housework because that's the deal. That's the deal with my house, all right? Peace. Oh, and before I go, actually, I just realised Tottenham got smashed 6 1, and I haven't spoken about it. And I'm a, oh, listen, 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 listen. I've got to, I've got to address this, right? Uh, I put wrote a long face with status. The issue with Tottenham is this quick summary. I was like, ah, you lost 6 1. As a Tottenham fan, didn't even care. They literally didn't care. Didn't care that we lost 6 1 because it's just, it was so shit. It, it's not even close, yeah? But as a Tottenham fan, I'll tell you this to you non-Tottenham fans. The issue with Tottenham wasn't that we sacked Conte. It's not that uh, Enoch are there and Daniel Levy are there. It's not that. It's, it's not that Tottenham are Spursy or there's a bottle job or blah, blah, blah. It's simply this. It's a series of very bad footballing decisions from the club, all stemming back from the 2016-2017 season. That's when Tottenham finished third in the league and Leicester won the league. Um... We needed a few more signings to push on the next season. And to be fair, 2017-2018, Tottenham finished second to a then-record-breaking uh, Conte-managed Chelsea team. Across these two seasons, no team 
uh, won more games, scored more goals, conceded less goals, uh, lost fewer games over those two seasons combined than Tottenham Hotspur. I think in, across one of those years, Harry Kane scored something ridiculous, like 60 goals in a calendar year. Uh, no one across Europe scored more goals than him. Tottenham Hotspur then were absolutely flying. If I name you their first 11, the starting 11 across those two years, generally was Hugo Lloris, um, when he was great, Kyle Walker, Tony Alderweireld, Jan Vertonghen, Danny Rose. Then uh, the midfield would have been Moussa Dembele, and then either Victor Wanyama or Eric Dyer. One of the two there um, as holding midfielders, then uh, attacking three uh, of Son Heung-min, Deli Ali, and uh, Christian Eriksen, and then um, Harry Kane up top. That team was absolutely formidable, absolutely fantastic. And what needed to happen at the 2017-2018 season is for the board to listen to Pochettino, who said we need to get rid of this player, this player, this player, and refresh the team. Because he saw that players had lost hunger. They weren't running as much as they should. Pochettino's team were very analytical. Like numbers and all that. And they weren't running as hard as they should be. And he said they need to get rid of them. They've lost the bite. And the board said no we're not a selling club. We don't want to do that. It doesn't look good for us um, as an image. If we start selling these top players. It looks like there's something wrong with the club. We can't do that. No, 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 no. Unless we get top, top dollar for these guys. Pochettino's just like... I don't want top dollar. I just want them out. And he's like, no, can't have them. Okay, I want to sign new players. Then he's like, well, you can't sign new players. You need to sell players first. Okay, don't want to sell these players. No, you can't sell those players because they're no, they're they're no, they're too much of a prized asset for the club. So you can't sell them. He's like, then I can't do anything. You can't buy any players without selling players first. We're not letting you sell any players. And you remember Tottenham went two transfer windows without signing anyone. Didn't have any activity in those transfer windows, too. And everyone praised it. Go, oh, look at the stability of Tottenham. That's two transfer windows. No refreshment of the team. Team started going downhill. Now, I know the 18-19 seasons when Tottenham got to the Champions League final papered over a lot of cracks. So I think in that year, at that point, Tottenham had only won five games in the calendar year. Something stupid like that. And they got to the Champions League final. Pochettino was then sacked after that. To bring in Jose Mourinho for the bloody Amazon documentary, uh, marriage that on by design should never have worked, and it didn't work. But here's the thing: Mourinho did get Tottenham to a cup final with a chance of getting them that first trophy in flipping years. And what they did, they sacked Mourinho because they didn't want to pay him the compensation they would have had to pay him if he had won a trophy. And therefore, you then get a new manager in, in Nuno Espirito Santo, who is completely out of his league. Um, and absolutely flopped. And then we... And after him, we had Conte. Conte. Another serial winner. That, like Mourinho, style of play doesn't match the club. But the club doesn't have a style of play anymore. And the issue is they have systems that they want to play, but we didn't back them to buy the players they needed. And there you have Tottenham, identityless, no style of play, absolutely rudderless, no manager to direct the team, no director of football to actually pick a manager. 
the club's in a very bad state at the moment. Not irrecoverable, not in a terrible state, but it's in a very bad way. I think the best thing for Tottenham Hotspur is to actually finish eighth out of Europe in competitions. So that's paved over the cracks a lot. Sell Harry Kane. I know it sounds crazy. If we can keep him and he's going to stay for longer than a se- for next season, signs a new contract. Big whoop, keep him because he's fantastic. But if there's any doubt whether he stayed or not, get rid. Get rid. When that stupid big comes from Manchester United, accept it and move on. I want out of Europe. I want the squad reduced to like 18 players. You know, 18 first team players who just know how to run for each other. Get rid of all the dead wood. So much dead wood. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. And that's my uh, review of Tottenham Hotspur. Okay? That's what needs to happen. Then you bring the manager who has a five-year plan. Back that plan. When that manager says, get rid of this player, get rid of them. It's fair to say you can't buy anyone. We're not giving you any money. You have to generate money through trimming the squad. I think that's totally fair. Obviously, you're going to get a little bit of money. But if the general ethos is, no, you've got to get rid of players first, then let them get rid of the player. Please let them get rid of the player. And let's just move this team on. Anyway, that's the end of my pod. That's the end of the pod now. Go get tickets to uh, 2 North Down, work in progress. Go get tickets on my website, darrengriffiths.com forward slash inconceivable. And yeah, that is it. That is the pod. Peace.